Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Kila, Maypri, and Yularis ran into trouble on the road. Yularis gained the ire of Gris, the caravan leader, while Maypri showed her prowess on the battlefield. Kila grudgingly loaned her bow to the defense of the caravan. You're listening to The Broadswords. Starring Victoria, your DM. And they're like, Kristen as Yulari's Roaring Horn. Gonna cast a firebolt to one side of the horses. Tracy as Keela. The magma girls are like, <laughs> and Bianca as May Pre. Oh, you know what? Here, I I can use my brains. This was a bit of an eventful day. You did not sleep well at all the night before due to some mysterious goings on. You have one point of exhaustion, which means you have disadvantage on all of your ability checks at this point. Another thing that happened is your caravan was attacked by a group of magmen and you had your first combat as a group. Some of you have been injured. So at this point... In order to repair the burned and flaming wheel on one of the wagons, the entire caravan has decided to stop for a short rest and repair that. So we can take this time to use our hit dice to take back some of the damage that we were dealt. So Kristen, you were hit. Uh, Yolaris was, was hit pretty badly. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, she took a magman's hand right to the thigh and lost about half of her health to that. So that's a big old burn that um, is not looking so hot. And uh, she's also a little bit ticked off that um, Kayla chose to heal one of the caravan guards, uh, but ignored her 
wound. So she's she's a little ticked that she hasn't gotten any attention from anyone because of this battle wound. He was on fire. <laughs> so yes, I will use my hit dice to try and uh, heal her up a little bit. Um, but that was a one and that was a two. So that is a grand total of three. Lovely. Three points for you. And Maypri, you sustained some damage as well, correct? Yes. A lot of the damage that she uh, received was due to her own clumsiness. She really made that strong effort to help out that soldier that was on fire. And she thought it was a good idea to smack something on fire with the her metal weapon. You know, hot thing, metal things heat up and get hot. So with that in mind, I would also like to roll a 1d10 to return some hit points. Three, which is helpful. (laughs) And Keela, you were pretty much okay, correct? Yep. One damage. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so what has happened is you've taken your time to to treat your own wounds. Meanwhile, the caravan workers have been replacing this wheel on one of their wagons. They've pretty much got this down clockwork. It's a science to them. This is not their first rodeo. So they've got that cleared. It's been about three hours at this point, and the caravan starts to rustle up and get back on the road. So what is everyone's marching order? Where is everyone placing themselves? Start with you, Kristen. Uh, what's Yulari's doing? Yulari's uh, is going to just climb right back where she was before. The front, front of the front caravan wagon, wagon in the caravan. Okay, Chris. Chris isn't there yet. Um, he is overseeing the last bits of wagon wheel fixing upping, whatever that's called. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. They're, they're, they're putting the, the wooden equivalents of nuts and bolts back on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, taking the jack down. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're, Tracy's like cringing. She's like, I work in an auto shop. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> doing wagon things with wagon tools. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. So they're they're fixing that up, and as you approach and start to climb up into the wagon, one of the guards sees you and says, "Oi, no! You go in the back with everyone else." Excuse me. I I think not. I think those are the rules, and you need to go into the back. I have heard nothing about this. You are now. I don't answer to you. Who are you? I'll talk to Gris and no one else. And I just climb right back up there. He motions to two of his friends and the three guards approach you and are starting to reach to forcibly remove you. What are you doing? She's going to like press herself to the back of the wagon and like glower fiercely. You're going to get down from there. Why? Because that is what Gris wants. You, After your wonderful display of horsemanship, nearly getting our caravan leader killed, you, you got to go into the back with everyone else. Did you, were you not present for that? Did you not see me level one of those magmen? What did you do? I will not get down. Yeah, you will. 
and they go to physically grab you. So at this point, this is going to be a strength check, a, a strength battle. So roll a strength saving throw, essentially. Um, spoiler alert, Yolari's strength is not amazing. I've got minus one. <laughs> well, guess spoiler alert, I just rolled an 18, and... <laughs> I rolled a 14 minus one, so that is a fail. And so she's just like, get off me! Get off me! And they grab her and forcibly (laughs) remove her from the front of the wagon and place her back down on the ground. Like... To the back wagons with everyone else. Um, She's going to like, you know, kind of brush herself off and straighten her clothes and be like, you don't tell me what to do. I... I'll find my own place. Thank you very much. I'm just going to sort of petulantly shoot a little firebolt, not at them, like to the side of them, but just to get the last word in. Just after you do that, Gris, he spots it and he comes barreling towards and he's like, that's it. We are done. I am sick and tired of your nonsense. You are no longer welcome on this caravan. And he motions towards the guards who then start moving to the wagon that has your trunk. Hilarious is just like dumbfounded and like, excuse me? You can't possibly mean what I think you mean. You must be very confused right now. You're just going to leave me here? You're just going to leave me here defenseless by myself? You just shot a firebolt at my people. You're not defenseless. Not at them. Near them. He turns his back on you and he climbs up into the driver's seat of the big front wagon. And he goes a little at the horses and they start to go forward. I think she's she's just sort of standing there dumbfounded just this is impossible how could somebody do this to her maypri what's maypri doing at this point maypri was helping the pilgrims pack up the caravans to get ready again and she's watching with the side eye at the scene that happened to larry's and she feels a little bit of a little bit of satisfaction at that from her previous interactions with that half-elf, she has really built up a lot of respect for that person. So she's just kind of side-eye watching that and grinning a little bit while helping pack up some boxes in the back of the uh, Pilgrim's Caravan that might have got knocked over in the fight. And Keela, Keela, you have a pouch that you have pilfered. I do. Um, have you have you checked its contents yet? You know, things have been a little hectic, so I haven't had a chance to check its contents. It's just been hanging out on my belt, tucked tucked underneath my pants so nobody can see it. And I have a feeling now's not the time. What is Keela up to right now? Well, Keela was kind of hanging back and laughing at the whole Larry situation. And uh, after it occurs, she decides to trot up beside the front main caravan and uh, just nod at Chris and ask him if the seat is taken. <laughs> uh, and he, he, looks, he looks down at you and he says, you're the one that healed Peter, eh? I am. Yeah, jump on up. So I do. I jump up and I sit next to Gris. He's moving along and then the other wagons start to pick up behind him. There's about 
five wagons and they all start trundling down the road, leaving Yolari's and her overturned trunk at the side of the road in their dust. <laughs> Get a yell. Um, and I'm sure Chris can't hear me at this point, but uh, yell up to him. I don't need you anyway. And then, and I also need a refund. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast. I have a, a spell that I can cast as a ritual. Um, unseen servant. I'm gonna cast that and get it to carry my trunk. <laughs> Start walking down the path. Okay, so unseen servant has a strength of two. Yeah, so that very means, strong. Yeah, yeah. So that means we can uh, multiply that by. 15 so that's 30 and so it can push or pull um up to 30 times so that's 60 um pounds how much does your trunk weigh i have a feeling yularis is not a light hacker it's probably about 75 ish yeah okay yeah so uh, you you cast unseen servant and you you see the trunk kind of flop um and it, it moves about a centimeter, and then it falls down again. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to open up the trunk. And Yularis uh, is uh, quite studious, uh, actually. So I think she probably packed, like, a whole library. Uh, <laughs> so maybe she's going to start going through the books to see which ones. If she can take out a, probably, like, two or three books if she took out, that'd probably be the 15-pound difference. Okay. It's going to leave some, uh, some like fourth and fifth editions that aren't quite as uh, <laughs> on the side of the road and, and then get, get the, the servant to pick up the trunk now. So you leave those books at the side of the road? She's not even carrying them with her? No. Okay. Larry starts following the caravan and the unseen servant is dragging this <laughs> this trunk behind it because it's an unseen servant you just see this tilted trunk thumping along this dirt road behind her what are you doing like are you just following the caravan i mean i assume there's not a ton of roads out here no yeah <laughs> she is following the caravan but at any chance she can she's gonna like walk sort of on the side of the trail like pretending to herself that it, she's going her own path Okay. As, um, as erroneous as that idea might be, that's what she's telling herself. Okay. So it takes about, well, you left, you left just after lunchtime, just after noon, um, from your short rest in your fix. So it takes a probably a good, well, let's say about four, five hours. Um, and, they, everyone arrives at the Moss Stones. So maybe, Hilaris, you're walking. Uh, so it takes you probably about six hours because these wagons don't move mm-hmm. fast. They're, they're heavily laden wagons. Uh, so it's not like fast moving. Um, so it takes you about six hours in comparison to their four hours to reach the Moss Stones. So by the time... You catch up on to them. Camp has been made and everyone has settled into a rhythm. The pilgrims are very excited. Um, they have reached their destination. 
And does anyone even know what the moss stones are? Can we roll for that? Yeah, you can definitely roll history check. I got a one. I don't think I know anything about this area. No, you think it's just a bunch of stones with moss on it. Really good looking stones. Yep. You know that these stones have a story attached to them, and you're not exactly sure what the story is. Something to do with a woman, uh, her husband went missing or something. Her spirit lives here. That's really all you know. Keela, you have been chatting and talking with the pilgrims this entire time, correct? Yep, and my friend Gris. Yeah, and your friend Gris. So... In fact, they have been telling you all about the moss stones. Um, because everyone likes you. That's part of part of your thing. So they they have informed you that when you sleep at the foot of these stones, you are given prophetic dreams. And there is a woman who is a spirit who is attached to these stones, and she will occasionally appear in dreams, but not very often. Uh, she's she's more of a story. A lot of people don't truly believe that she exists, but just in case, they honor her anyway. Um, but she's she's more of a folklore story than anything. But you can definitely get prophetic dreams when you sleep in the shadow of the stones. And so that is why all of these pilgrims have come here. They all have questions and things that they want to know about so they have all come here to sleep in the shadow of the stones. So as you set up camp and actually, Maypri and Keela, what are you doing to set up camp when you arrive? I don't travel with a whole lot of stuff. I sleep on the ground. So in terms of my own belongings, I don't have a lot. I'm always willing to help others unpack and set up camp. I decide, since everybody's kind of busy with doing their own camp things, that I can venture off into a corner not so far that nobody can see me, but far enough that nobody's really paying attention to me, and I decide to see what's in my pouch. So you open your pouch, and you see ten blue stones. Ooh. And why don't you give me... You know what? Let's call it a nature, a nature tech. See if you know what these stones are. I still have a disadvantage for my checks because of the exhaustion, right? Yes, you do. Oh wow! Oh four. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really pretty. They're blue. <laughs> they look like they've been cut, so they they do kind of shine in um, in the light. All right, I have 10 pretty stones. Yeah. 10 pretty blue stones. Excellent. You can write that down. And uh, after after I check out my uh, pretty blue stones, I'm kind of hungry, so I decide to go cook for myself and just myself. Yolaris. They... <laughs> Camp has been made. Um... Supper is going on the fire, and you come trudging up the road, 
and you see this. You can see the light ahead of you. Um, is your like hair? I can. Ju- I just imagine her. Her hair skew mud on the bottoms of her her robes, and she just looks miserable. Yeah, miserable is probably um, accurate. Um, but she absolutely is not going to get let that get in the way of her pride. So, um, how is the road? in relation to the stones? Like, are they sort of off the road a ways, or are they kind of... Um, they are fairly close. I would say they're probably, like, 80 feet and did, or did so. Did they set up camp, like, pretty road? much? Yeah. Did you set up... Did the, the, the caravan set up camp, like, close to the road kind of thing? Um, it's... The caravan set up camp pretty much right next to the stones. There is a worn path leading from the road to the stones. Um, and you you can clearly see all the wagons and the horses and stuff. They're probably only like 40 feet from the road. Um, okay, so Eularius is going to get her unseen servant to keep dragging the trunk and she's going to march as proudly and snootily as she can directly through the camp, not looking at anyone to the far side of the stones and set up there. <laughs> okay. Um, is there any reaction to this from Maypri or Keila? I'm trying to decide if I feel a little guilty because you described a lovely picture where her hair is askew like, her robes are just covered in mud. She looks miserable. Like, she's frowning more than normal. Maybe there's a couple of, like, extra angry frown lines. And as I'm helping uh, set up camp, I'm, I'm looking over at her, stopping her way through, not making eye contact, just kind of on a mission. And I'll get up, I'll walk over, and I'll ask, Hey, Lurries, do you need help carrying your... Uh, giant trunk <laughs> I think the servant has got it but thank you I appreciate it oh, oh, oh my eyes a little alright I tried and walk away that's all the time I can offer for you and your attitude I just I just smile and wave at her <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hilarious if you were still sitting on the front <laughs> <of> the wagon. <laughs> Can we just say that I was still sitting on the front of the wagon just for the sake of that exchange, even though it wouldn't make sense for me to be there for two hours? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Okay, so Gris just pointedly ignores Yularis the same way she's ignoring him. Though, if anyone is kind of watching when he turns away, the corner of his mouth twitches upwards a little bit. His mustache moves and then uh, and then all emotion from there, that situation is gone. And as soon as it starts to get dark again, the pilgrims are really, they're getting excited. They're, they're chattering amongst each other. More and more stories are being told. And as the light gets dimmer and dimmer, that mist starts rising again. And the voices, that song 
can be heard coming in and out of the mist. It's not always there. Sometimes you can hear it. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it sounds as if it's coming in right next to you. Other times it sounds like it's miles away. The fire starts to flicker on and off as if there's a wind blowing on it, but the air is still. And those same men as last time start to shiver. Maybe doesn't know anything about the moss stones. She was just traveling for the sake of traveling, so she's not really going to catch on to a lot of the anxiety of the pilgrims. However, the scene that you described where the fire is still flickering and the men are still shivering, she won't be immune to not see, I guess, the way everybody is reacting. And I'm trying to think of an appropriate response, but there's nothing... Maypre, I, I think it's reasonable. Maypre can go find Gris and ask him, um, where, where is Gris? Gris is sitting around the fire um, with everyone else. He's, he's got a bread bowl with stew in it, and he's, he's eating. Um, I think he's eaten most of the stew, so he started to rip chunks of his bread bowl off and eat those that are laden with like the the broth of the stew and it's kind of like dripping. He's a messy eater. It's he's got bits of bread stuck in his mustache. Okay. Uh, I'll sit next to him and kind of take in his uh, his appearance at the moment, but not comment. And I'm going to say Chris can you let me know if the safety of this caravan is still secured? We're in a location and things don't seem very nice. And he he looks at you and finishes chewing and then swallows and he says Is this your first time to Rashomon? She'll nod kind of energetically. Well, these sorts of things are kind of par for the course here. You just gotta take it in stride. Still disconcerting, I completely agree. But, uh, when you're here, this is what you should expect. So, we should expect little tiny firemen to attack us as well? Is that just part of the experience? Welcome to Rashomon. <laughs> Uh, she'll sigh. That's not the answer she was expecting, but coincidentally, it was similar to the answer that she had gotten from the uh, the motherly pilgrim as well. Mm-hmm. So everyone at the camp, um, they decide, you know what, they're here. They're here for a reason. Um, and they all start laying their... their bags and their their sleeping pallets out um, beneath the stones and get ready for a night of prophetic dreams. Does everyone else here follow suit? Yes, I, I want my prophetic dream. I am ready for my prophetic dream. I mean, I don't think Gilaris knows about the prophetic dreams yet. Um, mm-hmm. cause she wasn't really talking to anybody else. And, uh, I don't know if she even, does she even have a sleeping pallet at trunk. this point? I think, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, they don't, 
looking at my inventory and there's nothing resembling like useful equipment there. I'm thinking the tent probably belonged to the caravan that she was using. So she doesn't have a fire. She doesn't have food. She doesn't have a sleeping pallet. She's just going to kind of curl up beside her trunk miserably and pretend that ignoring the camp maintains her dignity somehow. (laughs) She's kind of sad. Okay, can I... So everyone goes to sleep. Um, May I please have uh, wisdom saving throws from everyone? Yes. Is this also at disadvantage? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're going to say yeah. Seven for me. Three got, for me. I got two fives plus one, so six. Conclusively. You can't sleep. That that singing is like in and out of your ears. You feel something brush past your cheek, and then you feel a cold hand on your arm. The the fire flickers and and embers burst. You cannot get to sleep for the life of your... You toss and turn all night. There are no prophetic dreams for you, for any of you, um, as you cannot sleep. There are plenty of other people who, as you're tossing and turning, you you can tell are having similar nights as yourself. Finally, well, just before dawn, exhaustion. I mean, you're, you're already exhausted. So exhaustion kind of takes over you and you fall into a half sleep, um, a half slumber. Kayla, you can't meditate. You, you just don't have the focus to get into that meditation that you normally would. And, and you just, you can't get there. You You end up getting like similar to their sleep. Like it's kind of a slight meditation but you're not fully in it it's like you haven't you're not able to get into that REM state of meditation I don't know but it's it's that kind of equivalent but you you do kind of fall into a bit of a doze and each of you in your own dozy dreams a woman appears from the mist she comes slowly and almost stately through the mist, she is wearing an older, outdated style of riding leathers with a red tunic and a leather vest over top. She looks at you, each of you, because this is all your own dreams. So she looks directly at you and she says, you will help me get him home. And then the mist kind of swirls up and she disappears in the mist. You wake up just after dawn um, as the camp gets stirring. There's quite a few grumblings. You are not rested at all. And in fact, you have an additional point of exhaustion. So you now have two points of exhaustion. This means that not only are you disadvantaged on ability checks, but your speed is halved. So if you can normally go 30 feet in the turn, you can only go 15. It keeps getting better and better. Mm, yeah. And as the, the camp is stirring, um, there's a strange gasp from one of the pilgrims. And everyone kind of looks over. And there is a woman kind of squatting in front of the fire in 
old, outdated leathers and a red tunic with a leather vest. And she's sitting there warming her hands over the fire. And next to her is the form of a sleeping man. You have not seen this man before. He is in some outdated clothes as well. Um, probably outdated by like a couple, like 20 years outdated. Um, he's wearing just plain breeches with a tunic. Um, it's just the cut of the neck is, you know, not quite fashionable any, anymore. It's like the sort of thing that like your grandfather would wear. Um, but he, he's actually fairly young. You would probably guess he was about anywhere between 25 and 30. He has dark hair and a big dark beard. And he is asleep next to her at the fire. Do either of them seem spectral in any sense? or No, they look as real as anyone else next to you. Maybe we would like to uh, walk over there and demand to know politely who this woman is. Okay, we'll play that out. <laughs> she's going to not super aggressively, but like she's she's tired. She hasn't slept for two days. Uh, she just had a really confusing dream. So she will grab the shoulder of that woman and roughly turn her towards uh, Maypre and say, "Who are you? And why are you here?" No introductions needed. I'm just gonna go and go ahead and ask all these questions. And as you ask that question, the matron of the pilgrims uh, stands up and says, Maypri, that is Humara Monyeka. And the woman glances at your hand on her shoulder and she looks up at you. And then she nods over in the direction of the matron. When she speaks, her voice is slightly disordered. She says, the grandmother speaks true. And as she says that, there's a kind of a collective gasp from the pilgrims. Briss comes hurrying over and places his own hand lightly on your shoulder as an indication of like, leave this woman be. The woman nods up at Gris and rises. She's about five foot eight. She's a human woman. And she, she says to Gris, Make sure he gets home. And Gris looks at her in a bit of disbelief, um, not really knowing what to say. The matron, she says, he'll get home. And at that, Kamara, she nods with a small smile. She dissipates into mist in front of everyone's eyes. Subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, or just check us out on our website, www.thebroadswords.com. Follow us on Twitter or any other kind of social media. Our next episode will be on December 2nd. See you then.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.